Welcome to Three Little Things, a natural health podcast. We've created this space to help you positively navigate the world of holistic and natural well-being, where each week we will explore something new and dive into a diverse range of holistic health topics from all walks of life. As chiropractors, we are equally passionate about helping educate, share and empower you on your well-being journey. Created with you in mind, Three Little Things aims to bring you digestible topics and applicable tools and strategies to help you grow, thrive and live well. So let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of the Three Little Things podcast. We have an extra special episode today, Lily. This is like a, I guess, a new little segment, I guess, like a new type of episode that we're going to be releasing. Um, And we're going to be sharing a story, which I think is just the most beautiful thing Mm. ever. And who doesn't love to listen to a story? And I'll let Lily kind of touch on what we're going to talk about. But as always, I'm Sarah and I'm joined with my co-host, Lily. And this is Three Little Things podcast. So, Lily, what are we going to talk about today? This really beautiful person called Hannah, who we met through our practice. And when I heard Hannah's story after whatever she's going to tell us about, I thought I would love more people to hear Hannah's story. And as the months went on, I asked Hannah for permission, um, you know, for her to share with us. I'm going to say the word journey, which sometimes makes me choke. But anyway, her journey. <laughs> and the other thing I'm going to say is that it is there should be a trigger warning because it's actually a great news story. And we're going to collect a number of stories like these, Mm. especially after the weekend we had at the fertility um, seminar we went to a couple of weekends ago, where we heard about so many young women who were having problems conceiving and the kind of drama that they were subjected to without Mm. all the information that they could actually be given. Yeah. So we're not anti or pro anything. We just want to hear uh, some good stories. So Mm. this is Hannah. Thanks, guys. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm firstly honoured, Lily. Thank you for asking me to be here. Um, you know, my my journey has kind of gone across you know, almost four or five years now from, you know, the first inkling of, all right, let's try and get pregnant to, you know, now being postpartum with my, with my second. And, you know, Lily is the right word. It is a journey. You know, mm. I've lots of highs and lots of lows. So, um, yeah, really excited just to, to share. And I think, you know, the biggest thing that I learned throughout was, you know, sharing made it easier for me. So, you know, hopefully someone can listen to this and feel that, you know, maybe they're not alone or maybe they're, you know, will feel, you know, have the confidence to to step out and maybe seek some more answers for mm. themselves and not feel so alone. Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, we can pair that back as well. As women, I think our tendency is to, you know, tend and befriend, they say, when we're stressed, when we have that stress response. As women, we like to talk about things. And I think there are so many women that are going to be in a similar spot that you were four or five years ago when you started this journey and women at all different points in their own journeys that all listen to this and just take a big sigh and have this sense of I'm not alone. And I think that's really important, particularly in the world of fertility and pregnancy. But I think just in general, it's really important to have that community and have people with you that have been through or are going through a similar thing. So yeah. I think it's super important. Absolutely. Fertility journey, I guess, started, you know, after my marriage. Not that that's where everyone starts, but it started after my marriage. Um, I'd been on the contraceptive pill for 10 years, you know, since I was about 16. And, you know, we started talking around when I was 26. And 
the first step I knew I had to get off the pill. I didn't really know, you know, what that was going to entail, how, how mm. my body was going to react. You know, mm-hmm. when most people are in school, you know, you learn year seven sex education. It's, you know, everyone has a three to five day period and a 28 day cycle and you ovulate on day 14. And, you know, most people know that that's actually not not the case at all. So um, I came off the pill and expected that it might take a little while for my cycle to kind of regulate. I got recommended an amazing book called Taking Charge of Your Fertility by Tony Weschler. Uh, which explained menstrual cycles, ovulation, you know, how to track your cycles, you know, whether you're wanting to avoid pregnancy or to actively try and get pregnant, which was just such an eye opener to, Mm. you know, someone who I thought I knew a lot about my body. Um, You know, I was quite comfortable in my body and talking about, you know, um, that sort of stuff. But it turned out I didn't really know a lot. And I think a lot of women, yeah. <laughs> when you come to get pregnant, go, actually, there's this whole other world of, you know, ovulation and, and tracking that you just really don't think about. So that was amazing. I came off the pill. Um, the first few cycles were really long, which I kind of, you know, didn't really think much about. Mm. Um and then the it was about the third cycle that uh, we were getting to kind of 48 days. I've been tracking, I've been taking ovulation pee sticks and hadn't really gotten a peak um, yep. in my hormones. So was a little bit surprised, thought, you know, maybe maybe something is off. Maybe I just need a bit more time. Got to day, I think it was about day 44 or 45. And I was sitting at my table doing some work and I just had this wash of like emotion. And I just went, I think I'm pregnant. And it was so out of the blue because... Well, it's given I, me shivers. Yes, yeah. it was just, I just knew in my heart that... Mm. And so I went straight down, I was living in DY, went straight down to the shops, bought a pregnancy test, came back, yeah, it was positive. It was a really faint line. And I was just so shocked because I hadn't really had uh, that positive surge in hormones. So I didn't mm. didn't really know when I'd ovulated. Um, so that was really exciting. Told my husband, you know, and it was, you know, we were kind of, you know, trying mm. and then once you get that pregnancy test you go oh wait are we actually ready <laughs> what, what have we done um so that was that was you know it was amazing I didn't tell anyone you know I my whole life I'd wanted to be a mother it was you know the the only kind of goal that I'd really set up for myself you know I just I knew in my heart that I always wanted to be a mother so I'd want and I have a really amazing relationship with my mum so I was going to wait for the first scan take her a scan and the little you know open a box or, or something really exciting mm. you know I hadn't really set anything up for Rafa because it was he just got home and I went I'm pregnant um so <laughs> when it came to my mum I wanted to do something special so I assumed that I was around four weeks pregnant you know I kind of expected had expected to get my period so went to my doctor within the next couple of days did you know that initial set of bloods and my HCG came back positive it was relatively low in in hindsight knowing now what I know about the numbers and everything kind of went along and then unfortunately about a week and a half later I started bleeding I had a few spots in the evening Mm -hmm. and Rafa was like look it's okay it could be normal and then the next morning by about eight o'clock in the morning it was like I'd gotten my period and I was devastated Mm. I just I'd wanted to be a mum so badly. I thought, you know, maybe wanting something so much, it might take me a while to get there. But I never in my life imagined that I would go through a miscarriage. I just didn't understand how someone that wanted a baby that much would have that result. And I went into work anyway and we were in this training thing. Um, And I just felt so awful. And so I ended up calling my mum and and she was driving. I think I'm going to get upset actually Mm. talking about it. And I said, Mum, what are you doing? She said, oh, I'm driving. I said, oh, can you pull over? And she, she could tell that I was really upset. Yeah. And so I, I said, oh, look, I'm, I think I'm having a miscarriage. And obviously I hadn't told her 
yeah, that I was pregnant. pregnant. So the first kind of news that she got was obviously that I was losing this baby. And so she was obviously really upset too. She didn't know anyone that had gone through a miscarriage. She hadn't gone through any. Okay. My grandma had. Um, so I said, I, I need to go, you know, have a scan or something. I don't really know what to do. Um, so she actually drove into the city and we went to Sydney Ultrasound for Women on Kent Street, I believe, mm-hmm. who were just amazing. Like I called up, they were like, yep, come straight in. Um, they did the scan. They were like, look, we, you know, we, it does look like you're having a miscarriage. And then they were like, look, if you wait, you can speak to the obstetrician that we have on site. So he talked me through kind of what was happening and I bled for probably about a week and then mm-hmm. that was kind of it. And, you know, so that, when you start Googling, you know, is miscarriage normal? What do you do? You know, um, I went and saw my GP who was like, look, it's it's quite normal. You know, one in four people have miscarriages. You know, wait a month, try again. Mm. And I kind of went, well, I'm, I'm not really happy with that. No. You know, it's, something's obviously, you know, for me it just felt like something wasn't right. So I reached out to um, a naturopath who was absolutely amazing, Hayley Stockbridge. Hopefully she'll listen to this. Um, she has a, a practice now in Freshwater called mm. Pure Whole Health and, you know, I credit pretty much both my children to her she you know ran me through a, a whole bunch of things um you know she gave me a list of blood tests that I should take back to my GP clotting issues thyroid issues yeah she also got me on a whole bunch of herbal supplements to to really boost my ovulatory hormones and get my cycle away from that you know 45 days down to a, a better range that was really going to ensure that the hormones were quite strong yeah so I did that um my cycle immediately came down to about 32 days which was amazing um we had Christmas got into the new year and we, you know, we waited that one cycle as recommended, tried again and, you know, bang, got pregnant because I was, you know, had that positive surge in hormones at a, mm. quite a reasonable spot within my cycle. Um, I was able to do a pe- pregnancy test quite early, found out I was pregnant, um, you know, was, was really excited, a bit apprehensive now. Told, you know, told my mum straight away. I told a few of my really close workmates straight away because I, I felt like I now wanted a bit of that circle of support. Mm. Um, so, again, you know, super excited. I, had, I went in and had a scan really early, around six weeks. I did also start um, progesterone pessaries, which was something that my GP had said, you know, potentially could have been the cause of, of the loss, the first loss. So started the pessaries, had an initial scan, went great, had another scan at about eight or nine weeks, great. And so then my my hope started getting a little bit higher. And then I went in for my NIPT um, blood test and scan at Sydney Ultrasound for Women. They'll do a quick scan first before they do the blood test. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, relatively naive. I hadn't actually seen, well, I'd obviously seen the baby before, but went went in for the scan and um, she put the, it was, this, mind you, this is, middle of covid she put the um the ultrasound on my belly and within three seconds said why don't you just go empty your bladder i think we'll get a a better look and so i trotted off to the bathroom and came back and um they did an internal ultrasound and she said look i'm really sorry there's no heartbeat and i was just i I just couldn't believe it you know i was like but i'd seen a you know a a healthy perfectly growing baby you know less than two weeks ago i I didn't really understand and she was like look i really wish i could give you a hug but i'm not allowed to because it's covid COVID. yeah the sydney ultrasound for for women sonographers are just incredible every Mm. time i've been there i've had an amazing experience so um they reached out to my gp straight away they said look we'll give scans to the gp your gp you know we'll give you a call and talk about your options we'll send you up to the hospital um so i had an appointment this was i think it was on the thursday or the friday i had an appointment first thing with the OBGYN team at northern beaches hospital monday morning and they said look your options are either to go in for a dnc a dilation curette surgery or you know we can give you medication and you can you know go home and your body you 
you know, with that medication will we'll start to naturally pass the baby. Um, that can take weeks, mm. you know, and even at the end of that process, there can still be retained tissue, so you might need surgery anyway. Yeah. And so I said, look, I, I'd prefer to just have surgery. I want, you know, as harsh as it sounds, I wanted just a clean break. I wanted to, you know, know that it was over and just be able to, to move on. So I had the surgery the next morning and I just, I felt a little bit, it was a bit of an out of body mm. experience really. I, you know, couldn't really accept the fact what was happening and I actually hemorrhaged in surgery as well. So I lost a litre and a half of blood. Um, they said that the, just my uterus wasn't contracting down, which was quite surprising given, you know, it was relatively early gestation. So they, afterwards, they said, look, we're a bit concerned, you know, about why you hemorrhage. Although this is only a second miscarriage, we're going to do some, you know, genetic testing, see if we can get to the bottom of it so you don't have to go through this again. They um, usually only do that after you've had three miscarriages. Mm. Which is a lot for, a, you know, a female, but the couple to go through yeah. before they start investigating. Absolutely. Um, and I think your story is unique in that at the very beginning you were like, no, that's not good enough. Yeah. I don't like the sound of that. Yeah. I'm going to, you know, better educate myself so I can ask better questions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they said, look, it can take up to six weeks. I said, okay. So I, and a big thing for me was really knowing the gender. For me, that was something that I was really holding out for. So I kind of was able to keep myself together until they called me about six weeks later and they said, look, unfortunately the tissue is too damaged. We can't get any results. We can't give you the gender. Mm. And that was kind of a bit of a really turning point for me for my mental health. I was just so devastated that not only had I gone through that, I got no answers I, yeah, you know, as to why it could have happened and I got, you know, I didn't get to know the gender. So this baby just felt kind of a bit of, you know, a, a shadow. I couldn't really picture it. I couldn't imagine. Um, mm. So that was that was really hard um, and my men mental health did really suffer. I reached out to a friend from work who had also had a few miscarriages and she recommended that I reach out to the Gidget Foundation, which um, kind of specialised in this area, um, and they referred me to an amazing psychologist, Fiona McGuigan. She practices privately now, but that was amazing, you know, just getting that support. And after the first appointment, I just felt this whole kind of, I just felt so much more balanced, mm. you know, just being able to get my feelings out and for her to really validate what I was feeling. You know, I'd spoken to obviously my partner, my mum, other people that had had miscarriages, but speaking to someone who was able to, I guess, and formulate it back to me in a way that um, made it, make it sense, mm. made it made sense, I guess. I also, my friend also recommended that I see an acupuncturist. So um, she recommended an amazing acupuncturist. She's no longer practicing, um, who specializes in fertility. So she mm. used to work inside a fertility clinic. And that was incredible as well. I just felt, you know, I, I never really kind of believed in acupuncture. Like mm. some people, um, you know, I, I was very kind of science focused. So the acupuncturist, I, I didn't really understand it. She said it would be amazing, just completely changed my life. Yep. Um, and that was just incredible. So I, I, you know, had this team around me. I had um, the, the acupuncturist and my naturopath now recommended a whole series of um, other supplements um, that were really going to help kind of boost our, you know, sperm and egg quality. Mm -hmm. We did some sperm testing. Rafa's sperm was completely fine. I don't know if he's going to be happy with me talking about that, but that was all <laughs> fine. Um, I did, you know, a whole bunch of more blood tests. Um, and my naturopath was the one who suggested that we get tested for the MTHFR gene. I'm not even going to try and, and <laughs> pronounce it. <laughs> but essentially, in, in layman's terms, coming from someone who's not of a medical profession, the MTHFR gene affects folate metabolism. Folate's necessary for DNA synthesis and repair. So if your body isn't able to get enough folate, it can impact sperm and egg quality. Um, but also once the sperm and egg meet and become an embryo, as the cells go from one to two to four, they're splitting and replicating. You need that replication to be 
correct mm. essentially and without that folate level you can get kind of incorrect replications which you know can lead to some various you know genetic um, disorders mm-hmm. a lot of pregnancy supplements on the market use synthetic folic acid yep. um, and if you have this mthfr gene your body really struggles to break down that synthetic folic acid so that was the only thing out of the whole you know range of All testing the tests. that we did yep. that came back as you know this potentially could be an answer um, so we both, both Rafa and myself, started on um, high levels of folate, which is bioavailable folic acid. We, we were told to wait a few months to let those supplements build up in our system and give my body a chance to recover. And then after that three-month period, we tried again and bang, first month again, pregnant. We didn't really have any problem getting pregnant. It was mm. just hanging, hanging on to it. Again, you know, I was able to test really early because, you know, my, my cycle was in that normal range. I was getting, you know, a really clear... Um, ovulation kind of peak amazing um and obviously that pregnancy was you know filled with anxiety i i didn't really we didn't really acknowledge it i think until Mm. probably about the fact that um when my son started moving so it was around kind of the 18 to 20 week mark it started to really feel real the whole first trimester we we just we basically ignored it Mm. it was you know it it wasn't really real you know we did the nipt testing i had scans almost every week just to kind of appease my anxiety you know, I, I stayed on with my acupuncturist and my psychologist and that, great. you know, was really the only thing that kind of helped me get through my pregnancy was, you mm. know, having that really great team around me. Um, and it wasn't really until he was in my arms that yeah. I, I kind of went, all right, <laughs> real now. <laughs> this is this has got to be real. He's here. Yeah. But it was, yeah, it was, it felt like a long, a long, hard journey mm. to get there. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's not an uncommon story of going, I just was in disbelief that I was pregnant, didn't celebrate it, didn't talk about it because I was just scared it was going to happen, mm. you know, I was going to miscarry again or something was going to happen. I think, you know, Lily, you can vouch for that too. There's plenty of patients' stories that are very similar to that yeah. um, that we've had the pleasure of being a part of. But, um, yeah, it's a tough mental battle for you guys too. Yeah, to just, you know, go through the whole pregnancy thinking, you know, you can't, and I think the biggest thing how I explained it to people was I can't, envisage a live baby at the end of this Mm. because my brain only knows the negative outcomes Mm -hmm. and I think that was also really hard for my partner to understand because at no point had he felt no any sort of symptoms to to pregnancy like I felt pregnant it wasn't until I was pregnant with Sam and I was about 20 weeks Rafa could now feel him moving and it was the one year anniversary of my of when the baby that we'd lost was meant to be born so we went down to dy beach we put some flowers in the ocean i said a few poems i think it really clicked for him that wow all right you know this is this is what she's feeling you know Mm. if i can feel this baby imagine if we lost this baby that i can actually feel now yeah um so it's yeah it's it's really tough and Mm. i think it's it's something that a lot of people don't talk about no you know my i and I spoke to my mum about it a lot and I was really comfortable, you know, for anyone that I told to then, you know, go on and tell other people. For me, it was the more people that, you know, talk about this and the less taboo it's going to be. And my mum was telling her friends at work and they were like, oh, yeah, I had a miscarriage or my daughter's had a miscarriage as well or my mum's had a miscarriage. And it's mm. you just don't realise actually how many people go through it. But it's, you know, your GP goes, yeah, it's quite normal, you know, try again. Mm. And that's that's kind of really a lot of the, you know, the, the answers that they give you. Mm. And also being an older woman, and your mum is probably a bit younger than me still, back in the day we didn't know we were pregnant for quite mm. a few weeks. Um, there's so many more uh, tools these days to test for pregnancy. So 
I would imagine that many of us actually did miscarry without actually knowing because back in my day, the stats was um, stats were one in three. Mm. So we just thought we had a late period, but we'll probably actually... Wow, so the stats are getting better. Maybe. because oh. um, I mean, like it's only it's very slight. Well, but. let's hope so, yeah. I knew this was going to be a fairly emotional um, mm. episode. I mean, and for me as well, because I'm listening to this very potent story. Uh, but I like the way you framed it because you're giving us some cool answers. Mm. Um, what's your naturopath's name again, Haley? Haley Stockbridge. So she works at Pure Whole Health in Freshwater. Right. right. We must put her down in our referral <laughs> book. Mm. Yeah. She works cool. with charity. In the same place as charity. Fabulous. Yeah. All right. That mm. makes it a lot easier. And that's the other thing too is I like to he- I like to hear that you actually um, gathered a team around you mm. because we can only do life with a team. Yeah, you know we're not an island. And you know, the old story about it takes a village to bring up children. Well, it takes a village to stay alive, really. You know, to stay married, and and yeah. we we need to have the courage to ask for help and ask for the right kind of help. Absolutely. Mm. I think when I was pregnant with Sam, the first thing I did was tell as many people as I could because it was. There were, there were a few factors around that. One was I don't want to sit in this anxiety and stress. Yeah. You know, I had almost, you know, one person every day check in with me. Hey, how are you doing today? How are you feeling? Because I told, you know, almost a dozen people. So, you know, people were looking out for me. And I thought if I am going to lose this baby, you know, heaven forbid, I've got people who are going to share in the joy with me up until that point. And mm-hmm. then I'm going to have all these people who it's going to be much easier to tell them and say, actually, I've lost the baby. And they would have known, you know, up until that point rather than you know suddenly people go oh, how are you going and you know maybe feel like it's a harder topic to bring up mm. um or people going oh I, are you trying you know when are you going to have kids and they go well actually I've just had a miscarriage you know my, yes. my people the important people knew and I thought I would tell these people if I had a miscarriage so why not tell them that, that I'm pregnant. pregnant and you know have that support around me kind of from day one yeah and I really love how you framed that because so many women do the opposite of like I'm not going to tell people because that's shameful if I do have a miscarriage Mm. like we need to kind of move away from that and move more into that exactly what you just said having the support and they're your best friends family you know the people that mean the most to you so of course they want to support you and want to be there for you and I think involving them in that is such a wonderful tool for you um, and for them because you know stylistically because Hannah what that says to me really is the lack of ego because Mm. you know you actually comfortable enough in yourself to to share these stories I mean um, I'm a pretty open book so if you ask me anything about my life and some bits of it are teeny wee bit interesting uh, I will actually be quite open with it I was at a weird women's festival on the weekend weird women w-i-e-r-d it was this gorgeous gathering of women a couple of hundred in the bush um, near St Albans and the panel they put me on was um, the death panel they wanted me to speak on death and in previous episodes, you'll know why. And I thought, how much of my story am I going to give away? And I thought, well, bugger it. You know, I mean, you've invited me here. It's my responsibility to give you the full story. Yeah. So so I thank you for that because uh, it takes great courage to give us the full story. Well, it's interesting. People always say, I think the terminology is something like a burden shared is a burden halved. Mm. And that's that's really what it felt like every, you know, and I've explained it to a few people like this, is that I had so much heartache and, you know, pain over, you know, my journey. Each person that I told, they took a little bit of that 
pain, a little bit of that weight. And each person that I told it, it felt like they were carrying a piece of my burden. So I wasn't sitting in this heaviness. It was it was spread out. And, you know, mm. like I said, I had those people to, to support me and lift me up on the days that I felt like I couldn't do it myself. Mm. And I think also by giving them, you know, a piece of that, you're giving them a learnt experience. So, you know, heaven forbid, if they do also go through a miscarriage or if their partner goes through a miscarriage, yeah. they have some experience to then go, okay, like, mm. you know, we're not we're ready for it or we're experienced in it, but just a bit more aware. Yeah, and this is, this, I'm not you know, alone. I'm not alone. Yeah. yeah, I think it's really important. I started, it wasn't until I was quite far along in my pregnancy with Sam that I shared on my social media that I'd, I'd had the miscarriage around the time that um, I was sharing that it would have been the birth date of the mm. baby that we'd lost um, and, you know, really started posting, you know, sharing about the team that I'd worked with and my feelings around it, et cetera. And I had two or three people message me, not right then, but, you know, over the following months being like, I've just had a miscarriage. Like, yeah. you know, what, what do I do? Who can I reach out to? People that just wanted to talk. And it's, you know, it made me feel you know, like telling my story had been worthwhile because I'd been able to then, yep. you know, support these other people who had gone through it with, you know, that level of empathy that potentially their partners or their friends who haven't gone through it may not really understand. And I don't, I don't you know, pe- people can really sympathise, but, I've, you know, having that heartbreak yourself, feeling a baby, feeling your body change to then go th- through a miscarriage and lose it is, is a really very personal experience mm-hmm. oh look you know the magic was that two cells came together mm. and made a little human being for a while you know i mean that's always been a miracle for me i'm just thinking how that happened mm-hmm. i mean life is, itself is a miracle so gener- generosity of spirit really you know hannah you you're sharing this and i guess going back in time in a more um impoverished sort of um environment let's say villages you know i grew up in asia Everybody would know your business. Mm. You, you, you can't keep it to yourself because we're all in a village. But the benefit of that is that people gather around. It's only because we're so, so civilized here and all in our little silos. And we're so private about a lot of things mm. that we've lost that connection. Mm. So yeah. this will be a really great place for people to start talking. Mm. And I think a lot of people, you know, like I did, I, I had pinned so much of my self-worth on becoming a mother that then having a miscarriage, it was like, well, well, what have I done wrong? Has my body failed me? Am I not meant to be a mother? And I think, you know, society still, even to this day, you know, less so than 50, 60 years ago, still places a mm. lot of women's self-worth on having children. So when you go through something like that, you go, oh, am I am I not worthy? Am I, is, you know, am I going to lose this kind of position in mm. society because I can't really do what, you know, I was meant to. So it it definitely is still taboo, you know, but there are so many amazing, you know, foundations and networks out there. You know, the Gidget Foundation, there's Pink Elephant Support, which is a fantastic um, organisation, Panda. um, I'm sure there's a a lot for the men as well. I'm not um, sure of all of them, but there's so much information and resources out there now, Mm. you know, not only for support, but for knowledge and for, you know, anyone that kind of, I guess, wants answers or wants Mm. support. So there's going to be, there's a few things I want to pull out. First thing, really cool thing that you talked about in that um, when you were talking about your folic folic acid versus folate stuff, um, which, you know, is awesome and, and you're so right. There's lots of, um, you know, prenatal supplements on the market that probably aren't 
the best choice because of those things as well. Um, but you spoke about the length of time that your practitioners recommended before you try again being three months. And it's a really cool time frame. So for anybody listening that might not know, um, for that egg to go from, you know, a little egg to, like, to mature to then be fertilized, it takes about three months. So that quality of your egg would have drastically changed during that time you were on those supplements, which is awesome. Um, and sperm health is a little bit less, 72 days, but, you know, three months, let's just lump it all together and you can both do it for three months. So that's really nice. And I think that's important for people to know because then they start to understand why I'm doing certain things. Yeah. And these days we're doing. consciously, these days is actually a conscious process. We're yeah. consciously bringing another life into the world. Mm. You know, back in the day it was just an accident. Mm. So you guys going on your journey together, it's such a, a hand-holding experience for the rest of your lives. I mean, you look at your two beautiful boys now and it's just um, two lovely miracles. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So that was one thing I wanted to pull out. And the second thing is people are going to listen to this and be like, wow, Hannah knows so much. <laughs> and you said before you, you haven't come from a medical background. It's not your profession. Fertility isn't your no. you know occupation. How did you find all of this information? Where did you go? What, what did you do? Did you just kind of dive into it and just want us to know everything and anything? Yeah, well, I probably should add in a little subtext that I do have ADHD. So my, my hyperfixation, <laughs> I think, took over at that point. And for, for, for me throughout my whole life, knowledge, knowledge for me makes me feel calm. The more I know about stuff, the less anxious I feel. If I don't know, you know, I'm mm. always the one who, forgive me, mum used to, you know, sneak into the bedroom and peek at what Christmas presents were in before <laughs> she'd wrap them up. Um, you know, I'm all still the person that flips to the end of a book to yep. find out the last page. So it's I, I have to know what's going on. And coming out of that second miscarriage, not having any answers was mm. really frustrating. And I said, I don't want to go into a third pregnancy feeling like I've I don't know why this has happened and just kind of hoping for the best. Mm. Um, so... I think, you know, my, my first step was obviously my naturopath who was, you know, amazing. Even before, you know, coming out of my first miscarriage, she gave me a lot of information. And then coming out of the second one, you know, getting all of that testing done, she was like, right, you know, let's let's get to the bottom of this. My acupuncturist as well who was, you know, who obviously has worked in fertility clinics, had a lot of information about supplementation, um, my psychologist. And so I, I kind of started there. And then once I kind of learned a bit more about the MTHFR, you know, started diving into fertility and miscarriages. Um, and I just, I just Google, I mean, it's, you know, the obviously Pink Elephant was amazing, but, you know, I probably have to credit most of my information, especially the starting points, you know, to, to my my support team because they, mm. they were just amazing. You know, I don't know how I was so lucky to find people that, you know, not only were amazing for me and my mental health, but were really able to direct me down the right path with, you know, supplements and medications and things like that to help. But I just, I wanted answers mm. and I knew that, you know, Unfortunately, my, my GP didn't really know anything about the MTHFR gene, um, so it was going to be kind of up to me to, to really get to the bottom of it. And, and even after, you know, those first three months of, of taking those supplements and getting onto that regime, you know, it was still really scary going into the next pregnancy because as a director, I said, I, I can't do this again. Mm. You know, as, as much as I had built up kind of my mental strength um, with my psychologist and the acupuncturist going into the third pregnancy, I was still petrified. Mm. And I just, I really was really scared about how I would cope with the third one, you know, regardless of all the the answers that I had. And I, I think, you know, we're so lucky to live, you know, in a in a world where there is so much resource, you know, available at, at our fingertips mm. on the internet. Um, 
you know, it can get really overwhelming. I think that's, you know, potentially to my credit is the, the more information, the better. Whereas mm-hmm. I know that some people, the more information actually overwhelms, you know, them, a bit. overwhelms them. Yeah. So I just fed as much as mm. I could into my brain. Yeah. Um, and a little bit of a spoiler alert that we've already given, but you do have two beautiful boys. Um, did you feel like your mindset when you were just talking then about going from pregnancy two to pregnancy three, then from pregnancy three to pregnancy four, did you feel like there was still that anxiety? Did that no, shift at all? It was no, different? No, it yeah. was completely different. And I think, you know, partly because I was running around after a toddler, you didn't really have much <laughs> time to think about it. But I, I had confidence, you know, although it wasn't, it felt like after my second miscarriage, my body had failed me, yep. even though I had an amazing um, nurse when I was actually in labor with Sam who said it wasn't actually your body that failed you. It was actually your body, you know, doing the right thing. Your body, you. Yeah, your body sensed that there was something wrong with that embryo and it, and it you know, made the, the decision to, you know, no longer continue growing that embryo, which kind of yep. really helped me. You know, mm. I, it wasn't my body that had let me down. So coming into my pregnancy with Tommy, I just, I, I knew my body could do it. I, and I knew that I had done everything I could possibly do in terms of, you know, starting the supplements again, but I could envisage a live baby. I could see a baby. Yep. I'd gone through, you know, a birth. So my body was able to, and my mind was able to focus on the positive outcome because there had you been had a positive yeah. outcome. Yeah. And I think as well, the other part of me said, look, if I am, you know, unfortunate enough to go through another miscarriage, that doesn't mean that I, you know, doesn't necessarily mean that I won't go on to then have another baby because I I have had a baby. So I know that my body can do it. Um, And I think that really helped me through, especially the first trimester, obviously when miscarriages are are generally more common was just if this ends in a miscarriage, doesn't necessarily mean I can't have a baby. Whereas Mm -hmm. after the second miscarriage, I'd had two miscarriages, but will will I ever be able to have a baby? Um, And you just have that uncertainty. So the certainty Mm -hmm. was there at the end, but I think I... I had, I had a lot more faith, I guess, mm. this time. Yeah. Also chasing down the whole natural medicine um, road as well because that's, I mean, I'm not going to say it's unique because of the space that we work in, but for a lot of people um, they don't have, well, the trust perhaps, mm. you know, or mm. the brain to embrace it. Yeah, so, and yeah. I think you do, you need to have kind of that curiosity and, and a bit of that, you know, tenacity to go, well, I'm actually just not happy with, we'll try again. You know, it, it's really common. It is unfortunately really common, um, you know, and, and there are so many reasons, you know, why, you know, potentially there's more miscarriages happening. Like you said, people know earlier on, you know, that could be an answer, you know, and there's there's so much going on in, in our world, um, you know, that, that just obviously is impacting our bodies. So I think it's, you know, to 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 want to know why, I think, you know, to have that curiosity to go, but why is this happening? And, you know, for some people, obviously, they will never get answers. And there is, you know, unexplained infertility people, you know, who very well may need to go on and do IVF or or may need to, you know, source other routes to to become a parent. And that's, you know, that's obviously okay. You know, for me, it was I wanted to exhaust all options. I, I wanted to do everything I could to get answers, if I could, to really feel like I was setting myself up to not have to go through it a third time. Well, I think this this may bring us to a pause or a little conclusion of episode one of Hannah's story because part two is um, mm. very interesting. So would you like to give us your three little things, Hannah? Yes. I mean, we've, we've talked about it so much. I think, you know, finding your team, whether that's a, a psychologist, whether it's an acupuncturist, a, a naturopath, a chiropractor, you know, someone who who is not going to just 
you know, say that it's normal, you know, someone who's going to really help you investigate and get to the bottom of, of what's going on, mm. you know, not not giving up, you know, just having hope, you know, really that, that, it, that it will happen. And, you know, as I said, for some people it may not you know, be that they will carry and birth a baby, but, you know, not giving up on that motherhood or fatherhood mm. journey if, if that's what you want. Um, and it is really hard to, to maintain that hope when you're going through, you know, the, the struggles of infertility. Um, and then the third one, you know, and which is probably the hardest for a lot of people is is that whole burden shared, burden halved. You know, it's, it's not the same taboo topic that it was. You know, there are so many people out there that have gone through the same thing, you know, finding, finding your people, your friends, your family, someone that you know who's maybe not a professional who's someone you can just call up in the middle of the night or or, you know have around for a cup of tea you know to to just be able to talk about it someone who will be there when you do get pregnant that you can share those you know those anxieties with so having you know whether that's one person whether it's a bunch of people you know um, a really close kind of confident confident that will really help you you know when you're when you're having those bad days I think is really important I love it thanks Hannah we'll see you in the next episode A quick disclaimer, these episodes are not intended to replace help, treatment or advice from your healthcare professionals. The information in today's podcast is purely for educational purposes and is not designed to diagnose or treat any conditions. This is just a friendly reminder that we do not know you or your child or those around you and therefore do not know your specific needs. Please seek guidance from your healthcare professionals surrounding your concerns.